In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In his Nobel Prize acceptance speech given in 1950, William Faulkner said that the most important subject in all of literature and the only thing worthy of writing about is the problem of the human heart in conflict with itself. These are wise words for a couple of reasons. For starters, conflict itself, whether we know it or not, is something that we all actually love in one form or another. We enjoy conflict when it strokes our egos and feeds our self-righteousness, our group thinking, and our tribalism. We love to draw lines in the sand and declare that we are on the right side of this or that issue. And we enjoy the drama of conflict from a distance when we watch it on television or when we read about it in literature, and certainly when we enjoy the competition of sports. But I think Faulkner was getting at something a little bit more profound than this. I think he was directing us to the uncomfortable truth that the human condition, that the universal experience of all men and women, that the thing that consumes so much of our mental and emotional energy and the experience that rings true and connects us with everyone is the experience of conflict raging within ourselves. Conflict can feel like our constant companion at times. Whether you're a conflict avoider who thinks you can avoid conflict by escaping difficult situations or difficult relationships, or you're someone who takes those situations head on and does your best to sort them out. The true struggle is that whether we've avoided or we've resolved the conflict surrounding us, we can't avoid ourselves at the end of the day. And we can't avoid being in conflict with ourselves. A few weeks ago, my wife, Courtney, could see the stress of being quarantined with two children under the age of two mounting on my face. So she graciously kicked me out of the house to get a little bit of fresh air. And I went for a short run and instantly felt the anxiety and the conflict of trying to be a good father and trying to be a good husband dissipate. I had a moment all to myself. But then that became a bit of a problem because before I could break a sweat, which honestly didn't take very long on this run at all, my mind raced to the questions of, why haven't I called that friend back? Why can't I forgive that person? Why did I say that when I knew that it would upset her? And of course, why in the world did I let myself get so out of shape? Or just last night, Courtney and I, we've gotten a few months behind on sleep, to say the least. And we know that we need more sleep. It's all our bodies want and ask for just about every afternoon. And yet our kids go to sleep at 7.30 every night. And night after night, we find ourselves staying up until about midnight watching reruns of the OC. We can't help ourselves. And it's not because the show is too good. I promise you that's not the reason. It's because we just can't help ourselves. We're in conflict with ourselves. St. Paul's words in Romans 7 are about you and me and all of us. They describe the unfortunate truth about what it means to be a human being. Paul writes, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Too often we do the things we wish we didn't, and we can't bring ourselves to do the things that we wish we would. 
truer words have never been said. And yet this passage from Romans 7 is one that's much debated by biblical scholars and theologians and other folks who work themselves into a pretzel trying to determine whether Paul's talking about someone before they've become a Christian or if he's speaking rhetorically about this or that group because he couldn't be talking about us, right? Not us religious people who work so hard at presenting ourselves to the world as people who have everything figured out. This inability to make the clear connections between scripture and our actual lived lives was actually one of the things that I found so frustrating about seminary and academia. But I think the astonishing resistance to an honest and a direct interpretation of this passage is actually something to pay attention to. Why is it that folks are so adamantly opposed to simply hearing what Paul's so clearly saying about human nature, about all of us? Well, I think it's because this simple truth about human nature makes any theology or philosophy incomprehensible that places the power of change or the power of sanctification and salvation in our own hands. And if Paul's actually describing us as we are today, well, then the fear is that we kind of end up sounding like a bunch of losers. What's so frustrating about the conflicts raging within us is that they're accompanied so often by a voice that's telling us if we don't win this conflict, if we don't take control of our willpower, if we don't stop making mistakes, if we don't start exercising, start listening more, volunteering, giving, praying, loving more, then we'll lose. And if we lose, then we simply won't be enough. If we lose this conflict within ourselves, we won't be lovable. And here's where Paul drops yet another blow. But don't worry, it's not the last word. Paul tells us that the outcome of this conflict that we're so desperate to win, that unfortunately, the battle has actually already been lost. In fact, it was lost for us all by Adam in the garden a long, long time ago. The problem is that the conflict within ourselves comes from within ourselves. It comes from that factory of fools that we call our hearts. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it, Paul says. And yet, in miraculous and in gracious wonder, the long-lost battle has been decided by God in our favor. We may be losers, but covered by the blood of Christ, God has declared that we have won. This is what it means to be at the same time a sinner and a saint. This is what we're talking about when we talk about the power of the unconditional love of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christianity isn't about progress, at least not in the way that we'd like it to be. We'd all like it to be some divinely inspired form of self-help and improvement, some sort of workout for our spiritual and emotional muscles leading to less mistakes, less anger, and ultimately less sin. But Christianity is actually about, what it is actually about, is the realization of our own inability to fix ourselves. 
And then the response of casting ourselves upon Jesus Christ. Who will deliver us from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. When we hear the truth of Paul's words about ourselves and the truth of his words about our forgiveness and our salvation and our belovedness in Jesus Christ alone, well, then the anxiety of defeat may subside and into our conflicted hearts may come the comforting words of Jesus Christ himself when he says, come unto me, all ye that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen.